Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's gonna stop Christ? Who's gonna stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. Many of you are probably familiar with Acts 20, verse 35, which says, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. In the Philadelphia Church of God, we hear this verse all the time because God's way is the give way. But maybe sometimes what we don't think about is the context of this verse. These were the Apostle Paul's parting words at a ministerial conference. Jesus Christ calls a conference. He is behind the ministerial conference in God's church whenever that takes place. And in the PCG today, it takes place about every year and a half normally. This summer, there will be another ministerial conference, five days of lectures where all the ministers who are able will attend. And it's such an important event for God's church and for God's work. But just think about Acts 20 verse 35 in the context of the ministerial conference, Paul teaching God's ministry, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When it comes to God's work, there are really two major objectives that we must fulfill. John 21 verse 15 gives us a twofold commission. First of all, we have to feed the lambs. This involves getting a warning message out to the entire world. But second of all, we have to feed the sheep. That's teaching the people in God's church. So warning the world comes first, but then feeding the flock or feeding the church brethren is a close second. It's an it's a very important part of the work as well. And of course, generally the ministry plays a vital role in that second part, especially some ministers have a role on both sides where they are part of delivering a warning message to the world, but definitely all the ministers have a role on the second side of it where maybe they're not involved with delivering the message to the world, but they certainly teach God's truth to the brethren. So the ministerial conference is really, in a big way, about fulfilling that second purpose of helping and teaching the brethren. I suppose in some ways it helps with the first commission of the work as well, but mainly it helps the brethren. And the message Paul wanted the ministry to remember before he left was, 
It is more blessed to give than to receive. God establishes his government in his church. And you can learn a lot about God's government structure by studying Ephesians chapter 4. We also have some really important materials at thetrumpet.com. Mr. Flurry's booklet, God's Family Government. There's also another booklet titled The Administration of the Spirit. And you can learn how things operate in this spiritual organism of God's church and how the government is set up and what it is supposed to do for us. Notice what Mr. Armstrong, the late Herbert W. Armstrong, founder of the Worldwide Church of God, said at the ministerial conference in 1976, the government of God is the whole thing and it had better be in our lives. Mr. Armstrong knew what he was talking about. He knew the importance of God's government. Only by God's government can God's church fulfill the twofold commission of God's work. Warn the world, teach and train the brethren. Without God's government structure, with Jesus Christ as the head of the church, working through one man and various ministers of different ranks, plus deacons, and then people with all kinds of responsibilities in the various congregations, without all of that structure, the work simply wouldn't get done. So every year and a half or so, at the ministerial conference, God reminds the ministers of their jobs and reminds them that it is more blessed to give than to receive. The ministry really ought to sacrifice everything to serve the brethren. They are supposed to be helpers of the brethren's joy. And there are a lot of specific things that ministers will learn at a ministerial conference about how to help the brethren, how to help them fight the devil, fight their own human nature, how to help them handle their trials, how to counsel them, how to preach to them, how to love them. The ministerial conference really is such an important event in God's church. Now, here's something that you might not know about the ministerial conference and the origin of it. Why does the ministerial conference in the modern age even exist in the first place? Mr. Stephen Flurry wrote in the March-April 1998 Philadelphia News in an article titled, Why the Ministerial Conference? The origin and purpose of the ministerial conference directly relates to the church getting back on track. That is where the ministerial conference comes from in this end time. The ministerial conference is necessary 
It is how the ministry is reminded to uphold God's government and God's standards in the church. Notice just the history of the ministerial conference under Mr. Armstrong, as Mr. Stephen Flurry writes about here. Mr. Armstrong instituted the ministerial refreshing program in July 1980. And this program consisted of 15 three-week sessions. So there were too many ministers uh, in general for all of them to attend one session. So there were 15 three-week-long sessions. And really, 645 ministers attended in the WCG. Now... Mr. Armstrong really just kept this process going over and over again, this refreshing program. And then he decided that the ministers would have to meet at headquarters every two years. So in the church today, it's about every 18 months. But under Mr. Armstrong, it was every two years. This was a vital operation of God's work at the time as the church tried to recover from the 1970s rebellion. Now, if you had to really point to one verse that describes the purpose of the ministerial conference, you would go to 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. You see, back in the 1970s and 1980s, when Mr. Armstrong established the ministerial refreshing program and then the two-year, every two-year ministerial conference, this was a dire need in the church. He needed to reestablish unity in the church. And unity comes from God's government. There has to be a clear chain of command. There has to be one voice that is making the final decision on various issues. And if that's not happening, it a lot of trouble arises. The Bible tells us that Peace comes when we keep God's law. So God's government implements God's law. And when we all fall in line, when we know our place within the government structure and we obey God's law, we can experience great peace. And we can all be unified, speaking the same thing and having no divisions, being joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment as it says in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10. So the ministry is unified by the ministerial conference every 18 months in the Philadelphia Church of God. In 1992, Mr. Flurry, Mr. Gerald Flurry, established the Philadelphia Church of God ministerial conference. It was really for the same reason that Mr. Armstrong did it. 
Mr. Armstrong wanted to keep ministers grounded in church doctrine and policies. He wanted to keep the ministry up to date with God's new revelation. And he wanted to make sure that we all speak the same thing as ministers and as congregations. So Mr. Fleury in 1992 set up the PCG Ministerial Conference for those same purposes. Now, in January 1992, at the first PCG Ministerial Conference, there were only six ministers. The conference lasted only two days. And these days, it's a five-day session where around 60 or 70 ministers attend. Still nowhere near the size of the WCG, where well over 600 ministers attended the conference. But still, it's a lot bigger than it was in 1992. Mr. Armstrong actually told the ministers during one of those many sessions in 1980, I've given you men plenty of material for several sermons. Mr. Fleury has said the same thing after ministerial conferences over the years. This conference structure is really fertile ground for probably hundreds of hours of Bible studies, sermonettes, and sermons that the brethren will hear over the coming years as ministers reap the harvest of all that they've been taught at the ministerial conference. And then those ministers go ahead and speak the same thing when they go back to their home congregations. So whoever is speaking here at the conference is teaching all the ministers, and then ministers are freely <laughs> allowed to use that material in their own messages back at home. And so really, the ministerial conference doesn't just teach the ministers— it teaches the entire church body. The entire church benefits and is strengthened every time there is a ministerial conference. And of course, when the church is strong, so is God's work. And the message going out to the world can be even more powerful as the church is more unified. Here is something Mr. Stephen Flurry wrote again in that March-April 1998 Philadelphia News. And this really does sum up some of the benefits of the ministerial conference. The ministerial conference gets the ministers to focus on headquarters. It grounds them in the basics. It opens their eyes to new understanding. It enables the ministers to fellowship with other ministers and their wives. It gives each officer the chance to meet with the general. Together, these elements ensure that we in the ministry all speak the same thing. And as we do our job and that message filters down to the soldiers on the front lines, it ensures that the entire church is unified. That's just what Mr. Armstrong had in mind when he instituted headquarters conferences for the ministers. The late Mr. Alex Harrison wrote an article 
titled Why Christ Calls a Conference. And he reinforced some of those conference purposes that Mr. Stephen Flurry wrote about. And and really he gave what is it here? Nine points, ten points of why Christ would call a conference. We can just survey these and hopefully you can have a better understanding of why the ministerial conference exists. Number one, a Christ-led conference brings a clear understanding of our commission. Again, it's a two-fold commission, warning the world and feeding the flock. The, minist- the ministerial conference mainly fulfills that second commission, if you had to pick, but probably, in a lot of ways, the first commission as well. But Mr. Harrison writes here, this conference will bring a deeper understanding of what is on Christ's mind. It gives us specific direction and needed correction through God's human leader. Point number two from Mr. Harrison in this article, Christ fine-tunes this commission as the last hour closes. He references Revelation 10 verse 11 which gives the PCG our prophesy again commission. We prophesy again in this time when Satan has been cast down, this time of no more delay. And the conference allows the ministry to grow in grace and knowledge, as it says in 2 Peter 3, verse 18. And then they help all the people grow in grace and knowledge as well. Point number three, God's government is strengthened. God has to measure the ministry. We are held accountable to him to make sure we're doing our jobs. Revelation 11 verse 1 shows that we need to be measured and corrected if we're going to fulfill our commission to warn the world and feed the flock. We have to understand our roles and receive some instruction and sometimes some correction to do our jobs better. Point number four about the purpose of the conference. It develops even more of a headquarters mentality. So ministers just, just by traveling in from all over the world to God's headquarters here in Edmond, Oklahoma, Of course, they're going to focus more on headquarters. They're going to be here for at least a week. And as Mr. Fleury writes, we are going to be at the headquarters temple in the world tomorrow where Christ will rule. Everyone in the world will be looking to headquarters. And so we should look to headquarters today. And headquarters is wherever God's man is. And wherever that government is operating. Point number five, why Christ calls a conference. Christ, through his human leader, gives the ministry clear, precise direction. So usually over the years, the ministerial conference will develop a theme of some sort, depending on what Mr. Gerald Flurry decides to speak about, whatever Christ inspires him to speak about. And it really does become a rallying cry for all the other ministers. 
And hopefully all those other lectures from other ministers will tie in nicely with what Mr. Flurry talks about. Point number six, Christ further develops the covenant brotherhood of the ministry. Mr. Flurry wrote in Who is That Prophet? I believe our ministers are not as close to each other as we need to be. God's ministers are covenant brothers, which means we should be closer than physical brothers. We have a responsibility to God's people to show a deep unity among ourselves. We all need to work harder for this unity. Then the whole church will become more unified by following our examples. So, of course, by spending time together, God's ministers will get closer to each other. They will love each other the way they should. And that love will spread throughout the church. Point number seven, a conference teaches and develops godly leadership. Point number eight, each minister and wife are further educated in their responsibility. There's always a lot we don't know. A lot of things that need clarification so that we're all adhering to the same standard. A lot of administrative and secular duties of a minister as well that need to be handled in a uniform way. Point number nine, a conference gives the pastor general a wonderful opportunity. It is direct instruction from God's man to the ministry. Point number 10, the God family spirit is strengthened. So the ministry is strengthened at the conference. They and their families can set an example for the brethren to, to follow. And the entire God family is strengthened as a result. God gives his ministry a lot of very hard responsibilities but ultimately, they just have to remember Acts 20, verse 35. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And may all the ministry take that message away from the 2023 Ministerial Conference as well. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time.